Welcome to the next episode of Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. And what's happening with Kyrie? And let me ask you, are we brawling in the WNBA now? Right here on Ball Court. Hey, welcome to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And anybody who's been keeping up with the world of basketball has been known it's been absolutely fast-paced this week. So first, let's go ahead and jump in. We're gonna just we're gonna attack the elephant in the room. What's happening with Kyrie? Well, earlier last week, you know, um, we was hearing reports that Kyrie gonna may be able to play home game. Uh, I mean, away games. They'd be able to practice when they're on the road, and that seemed like that was gonna be a sufficient. Uh, uh, a sufficient resolution for the whole Kyrie Irving situation. Now, who is not familiar with the Kyrie Irving situation, let me just briefly explain. Kyrie Irving has decided that he's not going to be taking the vaccine. He's uh, he's adamant about it. He's not saying uh, due to health reasons or religious reasons. He just feels that he should have control over what's going into his body. Now, I could understand that, but with the new vaccine mandates in in uh, New York and New Jersey and uh, the whole tri-state area, it's making it very difficult for him to be in a public place without being vaccinated. Or without being vaccinated. I do apologize. Without having the vaccine. So he, uh, so he was at the uh, practice in the park along with the Nets. And that was real cool. Everything was real, looking real good. You know, as a matter of fact, some Liberty players came out. Shout out to the New York Liberty. Some of them came out to watch them and doing their thing. But things took a turn for the worse. Because as of yesterday, the Nets GM, Brooklyn Nets GM, has stated Kyrie Irving, if he is unable to participate in full capability, he will not be allowed to practice or play away games. So that means until he is vaccinated, Kyrie Irving could not play any game. So what we were looking forward to, I, I know that a couple of shows ago I was telling you about, you know, the Nets going to be, how big they're going to be this season with that big three. We might not be able to see that big three this year. It might be kind of reminiscent of an old OKC team without Russ Westbrook. That's what we're looking at right now. Don't get me wrong, I must say, Kevin Durant is looking beautiful during the offseason. So is James Harden. And it pains me a little bit to know that Kyrie Irving's not there. This could be the matchup that we've been all looking for, that we've been waiting for, especially now with the Lakers retooled and everything. This could be the matchup. But right now with Kyrie out, and I say out indefinitely, because we don't know what his mindset is, if he's going to turn around and get the vaccine or not. But as of right now, it's not looking like he's going to be there, and he does not look like he's going to have that vaccine. So here's what the New York Mets is going to miss. They're going to miss better ball handling. They're going to miss a faster-paced offense, and they're going to miss an IQ on a level that is second to none. As a matter of fact, he is Rod Strickland. If Rod Strickland is like Rod Strickland 2.0, and the Pacific Northwest couldn't do without that, and I'm telling you, Brooklyn cannot do without Kyrie. They may be a formidable team, 
but with the defending East Coast champions and the defending NBA champions knocking, breathing down their neck with the MVP of Giannis on that squad, it is going to be very hard, very hard for Brooklyn to go ahead and make that change. But we will have to stay there, watch and see. Hopefully, hopefully, we can see something happening with Kyrie shortly. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to the next story. Now, this next story really hurts my heart, all right, because it's about the NBA. It's about some of our former NBA players, some people that I have actually grew up watching, uh, people that we were very fond of as well. 18 former players involved were involved in the healthcare fraud case with the NBA. Let me go ahead and give you a brief explanation of what this fraud case is. So 18, 18 players were um, indicted for defrauding the NBA's um, health and welfare uh, program that they have. And let me explain this program, how it works. The way the program would work is that this is kind of like a medical health care benefit program that was actually helped introduce and founded by none other than Spencer Haywood. Yes. See, he's still opening up doors. It's crazy. Anyway, so this was uh, proposed, introduced by Spencer, and they actually fought to have this there for the former players. So, you know, their medical expenses would help be taken care of, you know, give a little kickback to those people who came before us. That's a beautiful thought process. Now, here's what the here's how it would work. If they go to a, a chiropractor, dentist, or anything of that nature, they would actually pay the funds. They would uh, submit a claim, and they would have those funds returned to them. So what was taking place was uh, former player Terrence Williams was actually initiating and setting up false claims for uh, the 17 other NBA uh, players, former NBA players, to go ahead and take part in and submit these false claims. Now, I, I must say, because I can't just, you know, point out a few people, or I can't point out just a few people, because I'm not going to talk about everybody in there. But yes, Glenn Big Baby Davis was actually uh, one of the people that was named in the in the uh, suit, as well as Sebastian Telfair. He's also in the case as well. And a lot of people my age, as well as a little bit younger, do remember Sebastian Telfair from Lincoln High School, the cousin of Stephon Marbury, you know, who was a New York standout at one point, high school standout, came into the league. He didn't make a huge splash, but he definitely did make a name for himself here. Played a couple years in the league, and now his name is being brought up once again. Now, there is, I must say, good friend of mine, as well as a friend of the show, or former guest on the show, C.J. Watson, his name was actually involved in the case as well. The level of how deep into the case that he's involved is not disclosed as of yet, but this is an ongoing case. The investigation is ongoing. So, as you know, the story that I give you will be ongoing as well. We'll keep you up to date on the changes that does take place in this. But I am hoping for all that is involved that there was, there's, because it's a very small amount of money. It was at first reported, it was only $4 million that it was the fraud that was taking place. As a matter of fact, Terrence Williams only got 230000 that was actually, uh, that he actually earned off of this fraud case. 
uh, off of this off of this fraud scam that was going on. So it's is is kind of weird to me. I don't understand why they would do this. You know, these are athletes that hopefully made a decent amount of money in their career and hopefully invested or put away some of that money. So when you're taking literally taking food out of another player's mouth because of a player having a genuine claim and now those funds are depleted. This is something that would have to be looked into. Now, some players have already started the process of paying back the money that was um, falsely claimed. Um, so they have started that process. Now, there is a chance, there is a very good chance that very few of them are not going to see any jail time. So fingers crossed, I'm hoping that it works out for the best. I'm hoping if it is a slap on the wrist, at least that they're actually expelled from the program where they wouldn't be able to take advantage of it anymore. But I would hate for the program to go away for those uh, former NBA players who are getting on in age right now and have those ailments that need to be looked at. And they should be compensated for because they put in the work for it. So that that's my viewpoint on it right now. I want to go ahead and jump onto a, a lighter topic. Yes, it may be a heavy topic for some, but it's a lighter topic for me. Yes, the Lakers are 0-4 in the – they're 0-4 in the free season. Please come back in. Come back in through the window. Don't jump. Don't jump. Please stay right there. This is just the preseason. And if anybody's been, you've been watching the King long enough, this is year 19. We all know how it works. Any LeBron team that's newly formed is going to take a little time for them to work together. But these are veterans. Do not look at Russell Westbrook's uh, in, the, in the fourth game that they played in the preseason when they played against the Sun. Russell Westbrook dropped what? Uh, he had like 16 turnovers. Don't look at that as sit there and say, hey, you know what? This is what's to be. No, he's just getting his feel. He's just seeing what works, what doesn't work. Well, he found 16 things that didn't work. But he's trying to feel what works, what doesn't work, and how to get in their field. They're coming together as a team. Nobody's taking this seriously. Not even LeBron himself is taking this seriously. As a matter of fact, he was at the Cleveland Browns game earlier that day and then flew in to watch the Lakers game. He didn't play. He just flew in to watch. That's just awesome. That, that is the level of, Hey, you know what? Relax. We got this. That's the level that they're at, that their star player did not play but flew in to watch coming straight from a football game. See, it was it, 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 it's like he's Deion Sanders back in the day. For all the people who don't understand, Deion Sanders played a baseball game in, in one city, jumped on a plane, flew over to play a football game. That's what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, he is on that level. And I'm telling you, after you win that many championships, after you put so much things together and you put so many teams together and build so many teams, you know how to start it. You know how to get it going. You know what's going to be the pieces that are important and you know what's not important. As a matter of fact, that, uh, that before everybody got together and had their first practice and their first preseason game, they were in Vegas, yep, right here in Vegas, going through their uh, unofficial you know, preseason, they started off their unofficial training camp right here in Vegas. So this way they can get to know each other and get to bond with each other. Now, that is an activity in the preseason that I find to be important. 
these games is not as important for them. I'm not talking for all the players because, yes, there were some players that were looking really good at the end of the bench or that was coming off the bench. Number 15, Reeves. He was looking very good. That's something that I am really impressed with. And I am glad. I'm not glad that we don't have Kyle Kuzma anymore because Kyle Kuzma hasn't been doing great in preseason either. But I am happy that Reeves is playing at such a level right now that is making me feel comfortable with the direction that the uh, uh, Lakers are going. Now, trust me, once they start to really hurt, if they start to hurt in this season, then you're going to see my face made up due to the ulcer, and I'm going to be going crazy because the Lakers do that to me. But right now, right now, as we take a look at it, I am not worried. I want all of you to relax, too. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick little break Grab me a quick drink, and I will be right back with some more ball court. I'm your host, Coach Drew, and this is the World of Basketball. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And of course, of course, I know some of you have seen the earlier shows. Remember, we used to sit down and have goat talk. We used to talk about people making goat moves. But right now, I'm going to just talk about a goat, the goat. And I call her the goat because right now, the, 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 the closest living entity to the late, great Kobe Bryant, and I'm jumping out on him saying this. I'd have to say, is Diana Taurasi? Yes. Yeah, go ahead and add me. I'm giving you a chance. I'm going to go ahead and leave a message in the comment. Do whatever you got to do. If you want to email me, go ahead and do so now. I'm definitely giving you a chance because I'm about to say something that's going to blow your mind. First off, last time we spoke, I sat down and I talked about the amazing game that she had, dropping 37 points, going 8 of 8 from the three-point line. And this was against the Aces, which was pretty much the number one team going into the playoffs. And they were fighting against them and really showing them up. That's not where the GOAT comparison really comes in. Now, outside of the fact that the, she's been voted by us, the fans, the, I want to congratulate y'all, the fans voted Phoenix Mercury's Diana Taurasi to be named WNBA's greatest of all time. Yes, she's officially been goaded, right? But at this point, you can't sit there and say that you did not expect this to happen. Literally 24 hours before she was receiving this award, she was actually uh, entrenched in a battle with the Las, with the Las Vegas Aces. 
Now, I got a chance to watch that game. I mean, I sat down and I was really watching because I thought the Aces were going to pull it out because the Aces had a team that was put together in such a phenomenal level that I thought to myself, if they don't make the finals, if they don't make it all the way, somebody's getting fired. You know, Bill Lambert is out the door if they don't make it. And so they were playing just like that. Asia Wilson was playing to that, to that degree that she knew. She was like, we're going to make these finals. They were up by 10 late in the game. I believe it was like uh, four minutes or so left in the game, and they're up by 10. And then something happened. If you were watching the game, you saw it too. Diana Taurasi was pretty much, she was accepting that they were going to lose at first. And Jackie Young said something. I don't know exactly what was said, but Jackie Young said something. She poked the bear. She saw the bear going back into hibernation and threw her one more rock at the bear, thinking, oh, the bear's not going to do anything. It's going to be fine. Diana Taurasi turned on that level of GOAT. I'm talking the same thing that I saw in Kobe's final game where he looked at that basket like that basket was a Pacific Ocean and he was throwing rocks. He could not miss. She went on a 14-point tear. A 14-point tear. Finishing that game. Now, don't get me wrong. Brittany Griner was the one with the uh, free throws at the end to seal the deal. But it was Diana Taurasi's work in that game that actually put things together. So when you sit there and you speak of GOAT, when you sit there and you speak of the greatest, and you see what she has done, you see the level that she's playing at, you cannot compare anybody to Kobe unless you're speaking of Diana Taurasi. Nobody falls on the Kobe level unless you're speaking of Diana Taurasi. She is the greatest WNBA player of all time, but but I would have to put her in the top five greatest basketball players of all time. Yes, that is my that is my hot take right there. One of the top five greatest basketball players of all time. You can put her on the NBA team right now, right now, and she's better than I would have to say at least 70% of the league right now. And that was absolutely amazing. It was an amazing performance. Shout out to the fans of the WNBA for recognizing uh, Diana Taurasi as the greatest of all time. Obviously, you have some intelligence and you know how the game is played and how it should be played because she is a textbook. If you want to learn how to be a point guard, if you want to learn how to be a, a basketball player, if you want to learn how to be a professional, go ahead and just study tapes and videos of Diana Taurasi. And that's all I got to say about that. But you know what? Sticking with the WNBA, I want to go ahead and jump into the next story. Yes, Courtney Williams. The dream has come to an end for Courtney Williams. Atlanta Dream has released their number one scorer, Courtney Williams, due to the fact that she she was post... Not, not only did she get into a um, an altercation in which... Her, at a, a food truck in which her and another Atlanta Dream player, as well as a former Atlanta Dream player, were involved in an altercation um, that was uh, involved in an altercation at a food truck in Atlanta. All right? Now, here, here's the thing. This is the thing that really got me about it. All right? It was, it was Crystal Bradford and uh, Kalani Brown. Those were the 
Kalani Brown is a former Dream player, and um, and Crystal Bradford was the actual player that was involved. But here's the part that got real ratchet and really was the thing that made Atlanta Dream say, hey, you know what, we're going to go the other direction. Not only did the fight take place, but Courtney Williams went ahead and posted the fight to her own social media. Yes, go ahead and take that in. Courtney Williams went ahead and posted the fight to her own social media. So not only was she um, engaging in activities that would be detrimental to the team and actually puts the Atlanta Dream in a bad light, but she was also highlighting it. She was also uh, endorsing it in a way. So this that type of behavior, the Atlanta Dream decided that they do not want to be any part of. So even with their highest scorer, they were willing to go ahead and say that we will start anew. And now Courtney Williams is out there looking for a job. Now, this is a tough look for you because you're pretty much your behavior caused shame onto the team. Now, you're asking other owners who probably may not be as well off as that Atlanta Dream group. Because remember, the Atlanta Dream team was actually purchased by a group of uh, investors when they purchased it from disgraced senator. We're not even going to talk about her right now. But um, with, with that, you're not, it's not that you're hurting yourself for the Atlanta Dream. You're hurting yourself for the WNBA. Right now, it's been a positive light that we've been seeing. As a matter of fact, right now in the finals, we have two of the greatest stars in the WNBA in the finals, in Candace Parker and Diana Taurasi. So when the WNBA is making news outside of that, it puts shame on such a young league. And this is a league that gets criticism anyway, you know, with a lot of criticism, especially since they're one of the most outspoken leagues as well, you know. And you got to think about it. This was one of the leagues that actually really took up for the whole Black Lives Matter situation. So when you see outsiders looking in and seeing videos like this with Courtney Williams out there fighting, it, 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 it gives them the opportunity to go relate the two and say that the two are, the two work together, the violence and the Black Lives Matter movement. So when I see stuff like that, it actually bothers me when I see that. Courtney Williams should have been smart. She's, she's a phenomenal basketball player, have a great basketball IQ. But in this point in time, in that situation, she should have been smarter. She should have stopped herself and said, no, we are not going down that road. And even if she did go down that road, she should have been disgraced at her, at, 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 at her behavior to the point where that video should have been hidden. If not deleted, confiscated, or something but it should not have been posted. It should not have been celebrated. And for that, Courtney Williams, shame on you. So we went from one making, we went from Diana Taurasi making the greatest GOAT moves. Oh, yes. And big shout out to Diana Taurasi. Her little baby was born right after she made it into the finals. Literally hours after. The following morning, she had her, uh, her baby was born, so there was a baby GOAT that was born, and these are the big things. These are the big stories that the WNBA wants to wrap around. So when you hear about that whole thing with Courtney Williams, it puts shame on the whole league. So how will the whole league respond to Courtney Williams? 
Only time will tell. So we'll sit around and watch that and see what's going to go on. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the fourth segment. Yes, this is a segment that is near and dear to my heart. This is a segment called A Word from the Coach. Everybody knows that during the Word from the Coach, we talk about things that has um, that's affecting our game and changing the game, and you hear my editorial opinion on it. So let's go ahead and jump in. So this is a word for the coach. My thing is, has the three-pointer ruined the game of basketball? Here's, and here's why I ask this. Here's why I ask this. Let's stop and take a look here. All right? First of all, the three-point the three point shot that was invented, I, uh, I believe it first came into the league in the 70s, late 70s, 1979, around there, or 78, just came, it came into the league. That three-point shot, when it entered the league, it, the reason why it entered the league was to cause higher scoring, uh, get people a little bit more excited, and get little, have people really look into it. Now, this shot, when it first got into the league, wasn't like a shot that everybody was running to do. It was a difficult shot. Very few people were making it. Very few people were actually pulling that shot. As a matter of fact, there's uh, graphs that show that, that at one point in time, we were taking out of the 7,566 shots that we took back in the 1999 season, only 200, only a, a little bit more than 200 or so of them were three-point shots. Now, we take a look now. When we look at a, a team like uh, the former Houston Rockets back in the 2019 season, they, were, they shot 51%. 51% of their shots that they made at that point in time was three-pointers. Now, everybody thinks to themselves, why not take a three-pointer? It's, it's an advantageous shot. As a matter of fact, you can shoot one for three. Or, yeah, you can shoot one for three from the three-point line and actually work out better than shooting 50% in, you know, inside. It, find, find, uh, the numbers add up. It's analytically a better shot to pull than the three-point shot. But here's the thing now. Now we've had it, it's changed a lot. It's no longer like the late '90s where you have a few people shooting threes. You have uh, Larry Bird, I believe he was shooting what five, six of them in a game, and that was considered a lot back then. You couldn't do what Steph Curry did back then—just come up at, at half court, or Damian Lillard come up at the logo and just pull up. You couldn't do that back then. But now that the three-point line is there. And it's become a it's become the, a great weapon. Think about it. Look at the guys like Shaq. You're dinosaurs now. You don't have a Shaq type player anymore. You don't have somebody who needs to bump bodies down low. Even your bigs, your bigs now is more effective if they're able to shoot threes because now you can clear the lane and you can get a path for the guards to drive. You can get the Russell Westbrooks of the world, they can get triple-doubles by getting rebounds because now you have centers and power forwards or stretch fives and stretch fours out there shooting threes. As a matter of fact, Dwight Howard added a three-point shot to his game to make sure that he was going to be able to last and be around for a lot longer. Mind you, side note, I just want to go ahead and put it out there, Dwight Howard playing for the Orlando Magic was the best version of Dwight Howard we ever seen. But let's not even go ahead and... uh dive into that again. But I'm just saying he is now adding a three-point shot to it. it. I feel like it has elevated the game. 
And there is no way that we can go back to using the inside-out game to be effective anymore without the sacrifice in those levels of points. Because if you're playing against a team like the Golden State that has many three-point shooters on the floor and they're spreading the floor on you, even if you're bumping bodies down low, there is no way mathematically you can keep up. So it has, it has changed the game a lot. It is, it's a new direction, a new feel. I do not want to be like that old guy, like get off my lawn type thing. But don't get me wrong, I miss the days where bigs were bigs and guard shot threes. At the same point, I understand the benefit of it now. And I can clearly see mathematically it's going to win. But sometimes the math doesn't work in your favor. Remember, Daryl Borey was the one who was this analytical genius who found out, who put the pieces together and found out if you have a three-point shooting team that you're going to be in there and you're going to be able to compete against anybody. And now he's with the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons. He doesn't have that now. So let's take a look because there might be some changes coming up in the near future. But as of Ben Simmons, he's still over there at the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, before I go ahead and wrap everything up and give my shout-outs like I normally do, i got to go ahead and bring up one point and one point in general. I know we're a basketball show and we focus on basketball, but I have to go ahead and give a big shout-out to J.R. Smith. Yes, over there in North Carolina a he went back to school as a freshman. Now, he's not, he's not going to school, like, hiding off somewhere. He's out there. He's on the campus. He's showing up in classes. There is uh, kids from North Carolina A&T posting pictures of J.R. Smith in their class and him walking to class. He's studying. He's taking it seriously. And just like every other college freshman, he has a dream of doing college sports and going pro. Yes. J.R. Smith is a freshman on the golf team, and he looks great. I saw him take a couple of shots. I am saying his form is absolutely amazing. He looked like he's been doing this his whole life, and he doesn't even play basketball or never played basketball or never drank any with his shirt off on the float. But either way, I am saying absolutely much applause. Golf clap. Yes, give him some golf claps. Or J.R. Smith, man, big things. Shout out to you, my brother. You keep on doing what you're doing, and you keep on making those waves. I guarantee in the future, if you keep on going this direction, you will be celebrated on GOAT moves. Keep on doing what you're doing. All right, I want to give a big out to CWN Sports. And yes, yes, it is official. If you, do, if you dig listening to CWN Sports and you like the CWN Radio, you can now get it on iHeartRadio. Yes, go ahead and check it out right there on iHeartRadio, as well as go to cwnsports.com. Make sure you have that bookmark because you want to make sure that every time I drop a new show, new article, new video, or anything, that you're going to be the first to see it, and it's going to be up to date, and it's going to be fresh. You can also check out some of our other shows on there as well. Not to mention there will be a new episode of Let's Kick It, and we might have a big surprise for all my New York basketball playing heads. I'm not going to say anything, but I will let you figure it out. I want to thank everybody for giving me this opportunity to come into your home, sit here and talk to you and talk a little bit about basketball. We can chat it up and do this all day. 
but I'm glad that y'all allowed me to do this for you. Big, big shout-outs to CWN Sports. Go ahead and check them out. Also, wherever you get your iPods, where uh, your podcasts, like, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, make sure you have the notification turned on. Make sure you're following ball court, because when it ding, you know the coach did his thing. I will see y'all next time right here on Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew. This has been the world of basketball. Let the world keep on spinning until we meet again.